Hi everybody, this is Alex Torpy, your town manager here with your May update. Uh, you may hear a little bit of background noise and that might be because there is an air filter running in the background because the day that I'm recording this, there is a lot of smoke in the air, something that is uh, concerning and worthy of conversation though, perhaps beyond a little bit, the scope of this update. But maybe we'll talk more about uh, environmental issues like that in some future episodes. Um, so in this episode, we're going to provide an update on the outcomes from the May 9th, 2023 town meeting, as well as the select board meeting on May 15th, and some administrative updates from May, and that includes updates on human resources and staffing, uh, Department of Public Works summer work schedule, uh, traffic safety uh, and e-scooter ordinance and updates summary, uh, some downtown handover updates, uh, website updates, and a few other things. So let's dive right in. Um, so town meeting, um, uh, our May 9th, 2023 town meeting, um, I'll run through just a couple quick updates here. You can find the entire uh, results if you haven't read about them already on our website at HanoverNH.org. If you go down into the news items, a couple items down now, um, there is a document that is basically the town warrant. Um, that is updated um, with the results from town meeting. Um, and so I'll give a really quick uh, overview. And so the first is the uh, election, um, which was the first article on the ballot, which I think most people are probably um, aware of. Um, and in that election, there were three individuals running for two select board seats. Um, and the winners of that election are Carrie Callahan and Jenny Chamberlain. Um, they have been sworn in and have started um, on the select board and wanted to just take a moment out to thank uh, Peter Christie as well as Bill Garrity for uh, decades of service to the community, including um, a long time on the select board. We're going to do a little bit more um, to uh, more properly thank them for all of the years and all of the work that they have done um, here in Hanover, but just wanted to mention that quickly. Um, Elizabeth Stores was also elected to the uh, as a trustee of the Etna Town Library, um, and Kari Asmus was elected as a trustee of the trust funds. Um, now the rest of the updates are actually relatively easy to do because all of the articles passed, um, and so I think I'll save you all the time of me reading through every single one of them. And again, if you want to see the uh, vote totals. Um, or all of the detail, you can head to the website. There were a couple amendments made um, to a couple of the Warren articles at the business meeting, but nothing that was um, particularly substantial, um, rather than just sort of changing some wording um, for the most part there. Um, and so now that I'm looking at the business meeting agenda, also I should mention that um, uh, there was an additional election that happened at the business meeting, which was Joe Roberto getting appointed uh, or sorry, elected um, to the advisory board of assessors. Um, and of course, the fence viewers and surveyors of wooden timber uh, as well. But those are just sort of uh, his historical and traditional uh, elections. Um, and so um, if there are any questions about anything that did uh, pass um, 
uh, on town meeting, feel free to reach out to me. Um, again, there's a ton of information on the website, just the town meeting results, as well as the budget information too. Now, there's a lot of really important articles that were considered um, and were passed uh, this year at town meeting. Uh, a number of those were related to the budget and investing in some of our infrastructure. So there's some big bond articles that have been talked about for the last five or six years um, that are now being put in motion. And that is largely to upgrade our water and wastewater uh, systems, which uh, need to be done, uh, not only due to some um, safety and other issues, but due to regulatory changes at the state and federal level that require that we do certain things that our system is not capable of doing currently. Um, the other bond article that passed was uh, for a fire engine, which we are purchasing a few years ahead of time so that A, we can get in line because there was a long lead time, like with many things right now, and B, because by doing that, we're actually locking in the price today. And so we're going to save somewhere probably around uh, uh, 100 to $200,000 by locking in that price um, today because there's about uh, those uh, engines are going up considerably each year. Um, there were a lot of really important things that were also passed, uh, not only on the ballot, but at the business meeting related to helping address some of Hanover and the Upper Valley's uh, really significant uh, housing issues. Um, and so there's a lot of work that was put in, you know, the Warren articles, obviously being a town meeting is sort of the um, tip of the iceberg in a sense, or the end of a long chain of events that includes uh, hundreds of uh, community members participating in sustainable master plan advisory committee meetings that have been happening over the last two years, um, hearings at the planning board, uh, discussions in the select board, um, and elsewhere. And so we're really excited and appreciative of the community for taking some of these really important steps, um, such as uh, moving forward on the Mink Brook Community Forest Workforce Housing Project, which we'll have more details about as we start to iron out with the timeline and the different opportunities for public engagement um, and feedback about that project um, will look like. Um, we also had a lot in uh, the town uh, on the town warrant this year through the budget um, and in uh, a handful of different warrant articles. That's, of course, all guided by what the state requires, um, not only the language of the warrant articles, but the order of them as well. Um, and a lot of that was related to improving compensation for staff here in town, where we've fallen a little bit behind. And we've talked about that um, in great detail in a number of select board meetings um, and in some of my reports as well. Um, and we are in we have now we're now in month two of a six to seven month uh, human resources retention and recruitment study. Um, that we are working on to try and figure out not only how to retain a lot of our great staff, but how to bring new people in where we are seeing some really persistent and problematic vacancies in a handful of positions, not just in Hanover, but in towns um, all around the region, state and country right now. And so a number of those warrant articles that passed are providing more support um, for our staff and our officials, including raising our uh, the um, hourly rate for our election officials, which previously was uh, $11.51 an hour, which was actually one of the lowest in the state uh, from some survey data that I saw, up to $15 an hour. Um, and hopefully we can keep moving in that direction to not only uh, compensate people um, 
uh, properly for the time that they put in, but make sure these positions are available to people of any income uh, class economic background, which is really important, I think, for all of us. Okay, so I'll leave it at there for uh, updates from town meeting. Um, I have a lot of other thoughts about it. It was my first town meeting that I've ever been to, um, though I had watched uh, several of Hanover's um, on YouTube before I came uh, up to work here. Um, and so just appreciate the people who did come out for that um, and look out for some more information. One of the things that I am hoping to do is um, organize a discussion or series of interviews with a whole bunch of long-serving town moderators in New Hampshire and Vermont to talk about um, how town meetings have changed over the last 20, 30 years, what they're seeing in other parts of the state, um, and ultimately how we get uh, more folks in the community to come out and engage um, with our uh, you know, highly direct democracy um, here at the local level in New Hampshire and in Hanover. Okay, so moving on. I'm going to talk about some uh, administrative. Uh, oh, sorry. I'm going to talk about uh, a few items from our select board meetings, um, uh, or from the May 15th select board meeting. Uh, so the first is that uh, Cindy Warmington, who is the executive counselor for District Two, um, which includes Hanover. Uh, uh, came to the meeting and gave a little bit of an update about what she's working on. If you want to hear a little bit about what the Executive Council is, which is a uh, apparatus of governance and management that I believe is entirely unique to New Hampshire state government, um, we did actually record a quick conversation, uh, Cindy and I, before she came into the select board meeting, and that is a couple episodes back in the podcast here. So if you want to hear a little bit about what the Executive Council does um, and what she... Um, and, and for what reasons you may want to be aware of Cindy and what her office can provide you as a resident, uh, I would definitely check that out because what the executive counselors can do um, through their constituent services activities um, is help you navigate state uh, bureaucracy. Um, and so if you're having an issue, for example, with a state agency or department or division, uh, Cindy's office is one stop that you can make and they can help you navigate that process. Uh, the next on the agenda uh, which is something we uh, deferred to spend a little bit more time on, um, but we're, it was going to be proclamations to honor, to honor Peter Christie and Bill Garrity. So uh, I mentioned that before that I'm going to come back to that in a little more detail in a future episode and make sure we um, properly thank uh, both of them um, for many, many years of service to the town. Uh, we also on the 15th began the reorganization uh, discussions. And the reorganization, of course, is the annual meeting of the select board or any governing body to reassign uh, in Hanover its chair, vice chair, and secretary, as well as make committee assignments and liaison appointments. Um, and so we did begin that conversation um, and just all wrapped up almost all of that um, in the uh, June meeting. But I'll have an update on that for the June update because we still have a couple that we haven't appointed yet, which we're doing in our next meeting in June. Um, we also made a plan to discuss some uh, after action and some feedback from town meeting. And so I'll do that in the June update as well, um, where we are discussing what worked, what didn't work at town meeting. This was a bit of a new layout. And so, of course, if you have any feedback and you're listening to this, please feel free to shoot it to our town clerk um, or to me. And we can pass that into that conversation. We had a couple items on our agenda that was to um, enter into agreements with the state. Um, so wasting no time at all, um, making sure that we uh, move forward with 
um, grant applications that are going to help defray some of the cost of the large infrastructure investments that I mentioned earlier for our water and wastewater systems. Okay, next are some administrative updates. And so the first is an update, a human resources um, update that I uh, am doing uh, basically each meeting um, at this point. Um, and so there's a couple things that I um, will update here. So the first is that we are uh, now in month two of the six or seven month long retention and recruitment study. Um, and so this study is looking at, this is a sort of follow on to a salary study that we began last year. Um, and we have broken this into a couple different sections. So each department, uh, and it's not quite by each department, but it's each building. Um, uh, and so we have six or seven different meetings that are happening throughout the month, each month. And the first month's topic was uh, department needs and goals and how departments are staffed to meet those goals and into the future. How do departments identify goals? How do we know what we're working on next year? The second was how we uh, advertise and recruit for positions. Where do we advertise? What are the things that make uh, working in handover? Um, uh, what, what things stand out? What things do we need to improve? The next is onboarding. So how do people start and get up to speed? Are we transitioning positions? Are we creating institutional knowledge with the high turnover that we've started to experience um, in the last couple of years? The next is retention and advancement. So how do we keep the people that we have here? How do we help develop them uh, as professionals, as people? How do we provide opportunities uh, for their success? Um, and then the next one is offboarding. So how do people leave? And then the last one is reviewing salary study data that will have come back and reviewing some updates that we might plan to make in our personnel policies, uh, compensation structure, benefit packages, things like that going forward. So we have had incredible participation from our staff. Um, we are now uh, in month two of this and many of our department meetings, believe it or not, have had nearly 100% participation uh, from the staff. Um, it's tough in some departments because people have different schedules and not everybody works during the day. We're trying to be flexible and move things around with that. But people are coming out to the meetings, expressing concerns, being really honest about issues they have had, being really creative with solutions and ideas. Um, and I think a lot of folks are learning from each other um, through the sort of structure that we've created to work through these things. And so this is an amazing thing that we are working on, that we are, um, we do have, for example, an outside firm that is helping support this process, but they're not driving the process. The employees in Hanover are driving the process along with myself and our HR uh, director. And so this is a really cool way to solicit feedback from our employees and rebuild our workplace um, in a way that's going to make us really competitive as so many things are changing in the labor market right now and will continue to change over the next five or ten years. Um, this is also a good time to mention that we are working on summer hours in a handful of different departments. And the goal of this uh, is to relieve a little bit of the pressure um, from the last couple of years. And something that is really important to me as a manager um, is making sure is getting to a place where every single employee who works here, we've got a little more than 190 full-time, part-time, and seasonal staff in Hanover, um, and making sure every single employee has, the, uh, uh, has time during the standard work week, let's say nine to five, 
um, where they are not scheduled for work. So maybe even just a half day or maybe ideally a full day. Some departments already have that in place because they don't work, you know, nine to five schedules. Um, and so examples of that might be at the Howe Library or at the police department or fire department. Many of the staff there, you know, don't work that same sort of uh, schedule during the day. But many do, and it's really hard, obviously, to access other things that are only open during the day. Um, and I do not want staff to have to take time off just to do that. Um, and so we are working on experimenting with different scheduling options that are things that we're hearing about from people interviewing for positions that they want to see. And it's also feedback that we've gotten uh, from staff and ways that we can improve uh, the sort of benefits of working here. So we're trying that for the summer. Um, we will post all those summer hours on the website when they are 100% finalized. Um, and what we're looking at uh, at this point right now, for example, in town hall is adding a little bit of time Monday through Thursday and closing a little early on Friday. Um, I don't want to put hours out yet just because there's a few details that we're finalizing um, tomorrow. Um, and so once we do that, we will post that on the website. We'll do a podcast episode two minutes long just about that. So everybody knows what the hours are. Um, and we'll be interested in your feedback as a member of the public uh, as well. That's really important um, in how we determine what our hours are going forward. Uh, we also had two promotions at the fire department, um, which is always uh, exciting to be able to see and love when people are sort of moving up. Um, and so uh, one was uh, Jack Emerson and the other was Blair Weather. So uh, uh, Blair from firefighter to lieutenant and Jack from lieutenant to captain. So congratulations to both of them. Okay, the next update um, is the Department of Public Works summer work schedule. So this is kind of a hard thing. I can't really read this out into the podcast, uh, but there is a table, if you're interested, that is in my report. So you get to my report, which I submit to the select board at the second meeting of every month. Um, and as I'm saying this, I'm also realizing that I should find a way to make it a little more easy to find on the website, which I will do once I finish recording this. Um, and so what you'll be able to do is you can find that through the agenda button link and you can go to the select board meeting and in the Friday mailing, you will find my report. Um, I will also, again, post that probably on the town manager's page as well. But what we did was we just laid out what our summer work schedule is for our public works department, which is scaled back a little bit because of major staffing shortages. So we show what we'd be able to accomplish this year if we were up fully staffed and what we think we're going to be able to do this year. Um, and it's just important, I think, to communicate where we're at and that these staffing shortages aren't just having a morale impact um, on our staff um, and an overtime impact as well on the budget, but they are having an impact on what we can actually do, um, the amount of work we can actually do. So there's a few projects that are probably not going to get done this year, um, including redoing College Street. That was a, a big one. Um, and there's also some line painting and striping that we are probably going to be hiring outside contractors to help with. Um, okay, so the next update is um, I provided an update on uh, traffic safety um, and uh, an e-scooter ordinance. Um, and so that memo is also in that packet if you'd like to read it, a couple pages long. And basically, um, what we covered is a couple different areas. Um, so one is how we want to take in complaints about traffic safety issues to make sure we are addressing things in a standardized and uniform way and not an ad hoc fashion. 
Um, two is how we integrate between departments, committees, and different disciplines to be more proactive um, in kind of uh, related policy areas. The next is how and when the standards that we use to decide whether a crosswalk or a light or a certain uh, painting should go in a certain area, right? There are federal, state, and local standards. Obviously, the local ones we set, the state and federal ones we advocate for. Um, and those standards determine really what we can and can't do, right? These are not ad hoc decisions, but there are very detailed and technical and um, thorough standards that help guide uh, what the right decision is. Um, but those standards um, need to be reviewed also on a regular basis. We can't do it with no standards uh, because then it's just sort of ad hoc, um, but we can't take standards as dogma either. And so we do not have a schedule for how those standards get reviewed. And what I proposed was every two years um, and that we put a group of stakeholders together um, to work on that. We also discussed some safety issues um, in the downtown, especially related to e-scooters, which have really exploded in uh, use over the last couple of years. And uh, that's amazing that people can get around so much more easily and without a car, uh, but get around a lot faster than walking. Um, that's really, really great. But um, there are safety issues that come with these new um, transportation uh, vehicles, let's call them. I think the state calls them devices. Um, and especially because a lot of the legislation and policy around these things is built for cars, which is a bit of a problem. And they really need to be more uh, broad. And so we are looking at an ordinance that right now scooters and bicycles cannot be ridden on the sidewalks. And we have had some very serious injuries and actually one fatality years ago because of a bicycle versus pedestrian on a sidewalk. Those uh, vehicles or devices or whatever you want to call them really need to be ridden in the street. However, Main Street is a good example. Not very safe to ride bicycles and scooters on. It is not ideal. Um, and especially with the backup, uh, the angled parking and narrow lanes um, and all of that kind of stuff. And so what we also proposed is, A, we need to enforce um, the rules to keep the sidewalk safe. Uh, but if we're going to ask people to ride these things in the street, we need to do a little bit better uh, making the street safer. And so in the very short term, that's going to include some additional painting in the street to designate and show that uh, these are shared lanes between different types of vehicles. And the other is that we're recommending that next year in next year's budget, we're going to likely um, propose uh, bonding the amount required to redo uh, Main Street, um, which has been discussed for years. And uh, public workshops have been held, feedback has been solicited. And uh, generally speaking, the options that most people agreed on were options that widened the sidewalks, created a protected lane for things like bicycles, scooters, rollerblades, etc. Um, and then uh, turn some of the angled parking perhaps into parallel spaces. We're going to lose a couple spaces with that. But actually, um, as our director of planning has pointed out, we currently have an ordinance that allows up to four parklets in the downtown. And the number of spaces that we lose by widening the sidewalks and creating a protected bike lane is actually less than the number of spaces that we would lose if all four parklets that are allowed were out there. Um, this is, of course, a conversation that we're already engaging uh, with business owners on um, to make sure everybody is on board. This is a really exciting potential project um, because 
uh, it uh, also is being prompted by the need that came up during the budget this year that we've got to fix the sidewalks. They are starting to crack and crumble and create tripping and other hazards. Um, and we do not want to fill them in with asphalt, which doesn't really work that well and does not look uh, very good at all. And so if we're going to redo the sidewalks with concrete, we might as well just redo the entire thing, create better pedestrian spaces, more opportunities for outdoor dining and vending and outdoor seating, protected bike lanes, more green space, um, and safer parking. Um, as I will, I am, I am no, um, I'm not shy about my uh, own position. I do not believe angled parking like that is very safe. And having ridden a bike and a motorcycle down uh, Main Street many times, um, it does not feel safe uh, to me as, as a rider of one of those vehicles on the street. Um, so that's going to be a bigger conversation that we're going to have through the budget process in the uh, upcoming year. But again, I was just organizing all of these pieces into the memo. The last piece that was in this memo is talking about state versus local control of the roads. Some of the roads that have the biggest traffic problems um, are owned and maintained by the state. Um, there's been many conversations in the past about whether, should we or shouldn't we try to take local ownership over those roads. It's a major discussion to have because there is a huge future financial commitment that comes with taking ownership over those roads. Um, and so we are intending on hopefully doing the cost analysis of that during the budget this year and having a conversation um, because there's a couple sections of road that probably could benefit by being in local ownership. But again, it's a huge future financial commitment and we need to be really upfront and transparent with everybody in the community about what those numbers are and what the pros and cons are. So there'll be a lot of stakeholders participating in those conversations. So if you wanna read more about any of those things, you can find that on the website. Again, go to agendas and minutes, go to select board and then go to the Friday mailing. Um, I will also try to post those on the town manager page. So they're just a little bit easier to find. Next, we have had some amazing downtown Hanover meetings. I think every time we meet, which is now uh, once a month, you know, we had completed a uh, about four months of structured meetings the town was facil facilitating, and we've sort of asked business owners to take over that, um, which they have done um, and have been just hitting home runs there. Um, and so, uh, the, uh, the some of the folks that have really been helping organize that are uh, Jarrett Burke at Luz. Um, Allie Levy at Still North, Kieran Campion at Sawtooth, um, and, uh, and about 15 or 20 other business owners. The uh, college has been amazing at participating in those meetings as well, as have a, no a number of town staff, um, as have the uh, Upper Valley Business, Tracy from the Upper Valley Business Alliance, and a handful of other stakeholders too. So these are really great conversations, and we've already hit on some ideas. For example, working with the college to bring uh, first-year students downtown when they, as soon as they get up on campus, looking at some uh, pedestrian pilot uh, kind of projects like on Allen Street over the summer. And you may have noticed the changes outside of Town Hall, which is that we've removed the hedges, uh, are seeding some grass right now, and are planning on putting outdoor seating, public outdoor seating, out in front of Town Hall that we're going to get somewhere between five and ten or maybe more tables out there in what will be a sort of pilot this year. And once we get feedback from folks about how that works or doesn't work, we'll follow that up with a more permanent installation uh, next year. The next is we do have a new website at HanoverNH.org. Um, there's a lot of great new features about the website, but also a couple issues that we have definitely noticed um, and that people have pointed out. If you are looking for something and cannot find it or you have an issue, please do reach out to me um, and I will make sure that our IT department gets that and that the vendor 
uh, Civic Plus that put the website together also gets that feedback. So we want to make sure that it's easy for all of you to find uh, information on there. Uh, you can also sign up now on the website with an account that is also going to be linked to your, uh, if you do recreation programming, your Civic Rec account. And you can sign up for email alerts and updates and sign up for rec classes. And there's going to be a few more things that we're going to roll out that are all integrated behind the scenes there, which is pretty cool. So this is a little bit out of date now, but I was asked to uh, speak at an ICMA conference in Burlington. ICMA is the International City County Management Association. Um, so this is like the largest kind of municipal related association. Um, and I spoke about uh, podcasts and public engagement and the importance of um, connecting uh, the members of the public to government better so that we can get more feedback, have more interactive conversations, people can be more informed. So it was really great to see a bunch of my colleagues up there and get to talk about that and represent Hanover's commitment to public engagement. So those are our updates for May. We've got a lot of podcast episodes that uh, I posted last month. Um, we talked to we talk about advanced new schedules at Advanced Transit. Um, we talked to Cindy Warmington. We meet a bunch of our 911 dispatchers. Really great stuff. So check out those episodes if you haven't. And uh, thank you again for listening. Hey, everyone, and thanks for checking out this special spotlight episode of Hanover Happenings. If you'd like to find all of the episodes of our Hanover Happenings podcast and prior updates, you can do so at HanoverHappenings.com or on wherever you listen to podcasts. If you'd like more information about other things happening in town, such as monthly reports, agendas, minutes, events, videos, and more, you can do so at HanoverNH.org. Thanks again for engaging with what's happening in your community.